How amazing is God, eh? It's, it's incredible. Um, I, will, I will try. I told Leonard that I, my aim is to just go for about 25 minutes. Um, and, then, uh, yeah, and then afterwards, you know, just continue to sing what the Lord wants to do um, just with this tonight. And I think Leonard, you know, just beautifully put it that as a church, we really want to be spirit-led. You know, we don't want to say, hey, this is what we've planned for tonight. You know, at exactly five past six, this is going to happen. And then at 10 past six, we'll transition over to something else. We want to come to a point of saying, God, what do you want to do? This is your church. It's not our church. So what is on your heart? And how can we as an eldership team and as a church better listen to what you want to say so that we can follow in what you want us to follow in? Um, so if you are caught by surprise tonight, you know, um, if you've been with us for a long time, you'll, you'll know that this is a norm. You know, we, yeah, we just change things up as we, as we just follow, follow the Spirit of God. So what I briefly just want to speak um, yeah, on tonight is just abiding in God through prayer. And I really feel like even just what we experienced now was actually such a beautiful moment of actually seeing this in practice and seeing how it practically just works itself out. And I really think it's a, it's a way of God to show us, you know, that He is in this, to show us that, that this is what He is doing, that what, what He's busy doing in His church. And I think for me as well, you know, because as you, as you preach, um, there's a... Uh, 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 or, or at least for me, I get nervous, you know, because I, I'm like, Lord, I really want to hear your voice. I don't just want to come up with a word that I've, you know, had on my heart or that I feel like will be nice for people to hear or I've practiced it and it will come out eloquently. I don't want that. You know, I really want to preach a word that I feel like is from God's heart. So when something like this happens tonight, I'm just like, oh my word, this is incredible because it's God showing us that indeed He is in this and we are on the right track. So it's really beautiful. So as I start um, just tonight on this topic is I know there's a lot of things that we can, you know, share about prayer. There's a lot of things that all of us have heard ever since we were small, even before we even know Jesus about prayer. Uh, if I, you know, say to you the, the Lord's Prayer, for example, our Father, it's a prayer that all of us, even before we knew Jesus, that we could recite, you know, a person can uh, wake you up in the middle of the night and say, Christian, would you recite this prayer? And you'd be able to recite it. You know, that's, that's just how it is. Uh, but tonight, I really want to zoom in into just the small specific things when it comes to the topic of prayer. And I want to start, you know, off by saying there's a longing on God's heart to be with us. There's really a longing in God's heart to be with us. And you see this in different scriptures that is found in the New Testament especially. One of those scriptures is, for example, Matthew 11, verse 28, where it says, Come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, when you look at scripture, you see there are specific scriptures where it feels like God is constantly giving an invitation for us to be with Him because He longs to be with us. He longs to spend time with us. This is why Jesus came to die on the cross, so that we may be reconciled to God and abide in God. And in another scripture, we see in Mark 6 where Jesus is with his disciples, and they just came out of a place of ministry, and there's amazing things that has happened. And Jesus can see that these guys are really tired. They were out all by themselves. And he says, come to me or come with me to a desolate place, and I will give you rest. So again, he calls his disciples to himself. 
And even if it's you transition from there to Revelations 24, which is the last chapter in the Bible, we see again where this invitation is given out to say, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. So there is this constant invitation that God gives us. And I believe that these things were not only just for the disciples of the early church, but I think it applies for you and I as well. That God is constantly almost putting up a rope to us and saying, I want to be with you. Would you come and abide in me? And one of the ways that we abide in God is through prayer. So there is a longing for God to be with us and for God to spend time with us. And I really think that when it comes to the the topic of prayer, I love the the verse in Luke 11 verse 1. I'm not going to put it on the board. But it's basically Jesus, or actually, let's put it up on the board. It's, it's really a beautiful scripture that I think will be really helpful for all of us. It says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I mean, how beautiful is that scripture, that as Jesus was praying, there is something about his prayer life. There's something about John's prayer life and how he taught his disciples, you know, that stirred something in Jesus' disciples to say, will you likewise teach us how to pray? I mean, imagine how incredible it could be if in your res or in your workplace or wherever you go that people see that Geaton's prayer life is, is, is so vibrant and it's so alive that people said, Geaton, can you teach me how to pray? And I really feel like as a church, this is something that God has been putting his finger on to say, man, if we say the early church, and we want to be like the early church, they were devoted to prayer, then likewise in this season of this church, we too should be devoted to prayer. But as we will see that this is not just corporate prayer, but it's also a personal prayer. And I feel like God is calling us to both actually, to both personal prayer, but also to corporate prayer. So what I would like to do is um, I just want to speak a little bit about why do we pray. And I know, especially under this title, there is a lot of things about why do we actually pray. And I'll mention just some of those things briefly, but then I just want to zoom into four things that I specifically feel, feel for us as a church. So we pray because, first of all, Jesus prayed, right? He prayed. And I mean, if Jesus, being the Son of God and being God, How much more, if he prayed, how much more should we in this season and this time of our lives, how much more should we pray? We pray because he commanded us to pray. We are commanded by scripture to pray. And we see it all over scripture where it commands us to pray. You know, we pray because we want to make our requests known to God. So there are things that we go through or things that we need. And the Bible actually says we should make our petitions known to God. We should make the things that we need known to God, although He knows it. But in prayer, God actually wants us to bring these things before Him to tell Him about the things that we need. And then we pray because we see an example of how the early church actually devoted themselves to prayer. So it was not just elders or apostles or evangelists or teachers or prophets that were devoted to prayer. But the Bible says in Acts 2 that that the believers, they were devoted to prayer. So if they were devoted to prayer, then likewise, we need to follow the same example and say, Lord, we want to be as devoted as them in our prayer life. So the first thing that I would like to zoom in, and I think Leonard already mentioned it while we were 
just in worship, you know, the first reason why we actually pray is to commune with God. This is the basis and the, the, the primary reason actually where everything needs to emanate from it to commune with God. Okay, it's a gift that we've been given through the cross in that we have access to communicate with the Father. Prayer is actually a supernatural tool that we have been given. Imagine a fallible, sinful, broken man like myself having access to talk to a perfect, almighty, incredible, holy God. I mean, imagine it. So every single morning or every single time when you spend time in prayer, that's actually what you're doing. You're speaking to an almighty God, the one who made the heavens and the earth and everything that we can see around us. The one in whom everything holds together. That's who you're speaking to. And I think the more we have a revelation actually of this, the better and the more vibrant our prayer life um, is going to be. So we are called you know, to, to a place of prayer because we need to commune with God. And it's actually amazing to see when the disciples you know, tell Jesus, teach us to pray, we see in Scripture that Jesus in Matthew 6 verse 9, you don't have to put it up, we all know this. It says, he says, when you pray, say, our Father. Imagine, Jesus could have chosen any other words to teach his disciples to start their prayer, but he starts it off from a relational place. He says, when you pray, say, our Father, to show that this, this is about communing with God. This is about a relationship with God. So we cannot be in a relationship with God and then neglect prayer. So it's really a tool that God has given us to be, to, to, to spend time, to dialogue with Him um, as, we, as we journey in our walk with Him. And then the second thing that I want to mention is prayer changes us. Prayer really changes us. If you want to be transformed in your walk with Jesus, you know, maybe some of us, you've been a Christian for a very long time and it feels like you're in a rut and nothing is really moving forward or nothing is changing or you're trusting and trusting and trusting, having faith for things, but you're not seeing anything changing or moving, you know, maybe consider how is my prayer life looking like? Am I devoted to prayer? Because I truly believe prayer changes us. And we see this in Luke 22, verse, 20, verse, verse uh, 42. So if you can just put it up for us. So this is Jesus when he was busy praying. This is a night before he was crucified. He said, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus went into that prayer life burdened and really feeling heavy because of what, what was upon him, what would happen the following day. You know, but we see in this, in, in, in this time where he's busy spending time with the Father, his heart is changed and he moves from a place of, okay, but not my will, but your will be done. And I can testify to this fact that there's been moments where I've stepped into my, into my room or just into spending time with God in prayer with my own agenda. And then I go out with God's agenda, where something in my heart shifts, something in my heart changes. I go into, into the, my prayer room, you know, thinking these are the things that I would like God to do for me. But then I go out saying, oh, but I think this is what God is actually wanting to do. So prayer changes us. It transforms us. And then thirdly, and I love this, God answers our prayers. God really answers our prayers, and I will share a testimony of how God answers our prayers. But we, I just want to highlight the scripture in Acts 12, verse 5. 
Acts 12 verse 5. So it says, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer was made for him by the church. So what happens here is that Peter was busy sharing the gospel with people. And then because people got saved and people got baptized and, and so forth, then he was imprisoned. And while he was in prison, the church literally got together at someone's house and they started praying for Peter. And then directly after this, we see how God supernaturally uses angels to break Peter out of prison. So much so that even when he goes out to go to this house where they're busy praying, the girl that opens up the door, she closes it again because she couldn't believe that God actually answers prayer. You know, but I really think this shows us that God really answers prayer. And I think my life, you know, where I am, what I'm doing, you know, the calling of God that's upon my life, but, but specifically me being in a relationship with God, it's a prayer that my mother had for many, 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 many years. God rest the soul. This is one thing I'm grateful for. If you ask me, Godfrey, if you would tell me about your mother, what is the one thing that you can say about who your mother was? And I would say she was a prayer warrior. I would wake up at 12 midnight or 3 in the morning or 1 in the morning and I would hear a noise in the house. And at that time, I didn't appreciate it as much. You know, I would hear a noise in the house. You know, where this lady is just, she's praying a storm. She's praying a storm. And I, there were moments actually that I tried to actually come alongside her and pray and she would pray me under the table. You know, I, I couldn't keep up, you know. But I really, I really think what I'm experiencing, even now, the inheritance of, you know, my walk with Jesus and the things that I'm experiencing, I can trace it back to some of the prayers that I heard. Even when I was, when, when I was not praying with her physically, but when I was lying in my bed, and she was busy praying and saying, God, would you raise him up to be this kind of man? Would you raise him up to be a man that loves you? Would you raise him up to be a man that will share the gospel with the nations? So, so some of the things that I'm experiencing today are because of my mother's prayers. And although she's not here anymore, but I still have that inheritance with me. And how beautiful is that? So God really answers prayer. And then the fourth thing is uh, prayer keeps us alert to temptation. Prayer keeps us alert to temptation. And we see in Luke 24, verse 40 and 46, we know these scriptures where, again, just before Jesus was, uh, was crucified, he comes to his disciples and then he says, pray with me unless you fall into temptation. Twice he said that. He went away. He was praying. When he came back, they, were, they, they fell asleep. And he says, pray unless you fall into temptation. Went away, was busy praying, came back. And then again, they were busy falling asleep. You know, and, and we, can, we can trace back the, the events of the following day. We can actually trace it back to what happened the previous night. Because Peter wasn't in a place where, where he was praying as he, should have, as he should have prayed, what happened when, when Jesus was about to get arrested? He took out his pocket knife and he sliced someone's ear. This is literally what happened. And I wonder what would have happened if he, the previous night, spent time with Jesus praying. And I know there's moments of my life, you know, where I'm experiencing temptation of whatever sort. And then when those things come, I, I, I try to pause and be still. And I ask myself, Godfrey, are you spending time with God? How is your prayer life looking like at the moment? And many, many times I realize I'm not praying as I should be praying. This is why I'm experiencing X, Y, Z. I can actually trace it, uh, trace it to, my, to my prayer life. And we are warned in Scripture 
Because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. He is seeking to, de- to devour us. And we need to be alert. We need to be sober-minded to actually see the attacks, you know, that he brings into our lives. And one of the ways that we actually do that is by spending time abiding with God in prayer. And then uh, as I try to transition or try to land it, as we would say in Josh Jen, is uh, how, how then do we pray? You know, if prayer as I mentioned, is able to do these incredible things that I've mentioned and many, many, many more other things. How should we then pray? And with this, I'm not going to spend time necessarily with the style of prayer or the method or anything else, but I want to mention three things that I really think are key for us in our standing of how we should pray. And the first thing that I would like to highlight is found in Romans 8, 26 to 28. So it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So the first thing that we need to do as we just enter into a time of prayer or or abiding in prayer is we submit ourselves to the Spirit of God. He is the one that knows all things. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our, our thoughts. So as, even as we enter into a time of prayer, every single time, we need to come to a place of, of asking ourselves, are we submitted to the Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit? Even our prayers need to be birthed out of a place of the Spirit. We're not just called to pray you know, out of our heads or out of eloquence or just because we know how to pray, but we need to be guided by the Spirit. So that's the first thing that I want to mention. And then the second thing that I want to mention is we pray with faith. So when we pray, we don't just pray. We don't just, you know, utter words. But we we really come with God full of faith. And we look at this in uh, James 1 verse 6 to 8. It says, but let let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So every single time when we come before God, we don't just ask things, but we ask in faith, not doubting. And here's the beauty of it all that that whatever we're asking, you know, for to whatever we're asking God, that He wants to give us these things if it's in His will. And we look at it right now. He wants to give these things to us. You know, he says, if our earthly fathers are able to give us what is good, how much more will get give to those who ask of him? And that he is a God that gives without holding back. He is a God that gives without holding back. And I have, I have uh, incredible, I can write a book of the amount of testimonies you know, that I can write on this, you know, on how God has come through when I've stepped out in faith to, to ask for God. And one of the stories I remember when I was uh, on campus um, in, the, in the free state, I studied in the free state. And one of the, one of the days, it was just after my mother passed away, I remember it was one of those days where things were financially like rough. You know, it was like rough, 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 rough. It was at a place where I, I, I needed to, to call out and, and just cry out to God and say, God, if you don't come through tonight, I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember one of the afternoons, I was sitting on campus on the grass 
and uh, I, was, I was actually busy praying, and I, and I asked God, God, would you supernaturally provide? You know that there's absolutely nothing. If I open up my cupboards, there is, I mean, not even a sugar, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I said, God, would you, as my father, you said even though your mother and your father may leave you, I, the Lord your God, will take you under my care. So will you please show me that you will take me under your care? And I promise you guys, I'm not lying. It wasn't even five minutes after uttering that prayer. Someone called me on campus and said, Godfrey, would you please just come and see me? And then as I walked, you know, to this course, it was a, a, a res on campus named Vachabiki. Um, I was Vaching a Biki for the course, you know, but... But, uh, but as, I, as I walked to this res, uh, this, the, the residence head there, I came into her, into her house and then she said, Godfrey, you know, something strange happened. I was busy doing groceries and uh, while I was doing groceries, I felt the Holy Spirit saying I should take extra stuff because I needed to give those extra stuff to you. So you can imagine what a mess I was. You know, at that moment when I realized that God answers prayer, that when we come to a place of asking in faith and trusting Him, when we don't have any other options, and we say, God, if only you can come through in this moment, then God comes through. He answers our prayers. And then the last thing that I want to mention is, when we pray, we pray according to the will of God. And I would like to highlight 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. And it reads as follows. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. So when we pray, we don't just pray, but we pray out of a place of God, what is your will? Yes, this is my will. This is what I would love to happen. But what is on your heart, God? What is your will actually? And we pray into those things that are His will. So as I just end off with this is, the beauty of this is that the more we give ourselves to personal and corporate prayer, the easier it actually gets to know God's will. The more we spend time with God, actually, in the area of prayer, is the more we get to know what is His will, because our hearts connect with His heart. Our spirit connects with His spirit. He says He's given us a spirit of sonship, you know, where our spirit testifies with His spirit that indeed we are God's children, that we are His sons and we are His daughters. So the more time we actually spend with Him in the area of prayer is the more time that we get tuned in how we hear God's voice. So I really think that this is something that's key to us, that when we pray, we submit ourselves to the Spirit, that we pray in faith, and we pray according to God's will. Amen.